0: It's beautiful, but we could use the rain. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing?
1: Oh, we're doing well. You're right. You nailed that one. It is beautiful. And we're getting kind of dry.
0: Right, yeah. right. No, that was, uh, that was very noticeable. We were out in the garden this weekend, and we had to water, which is something we've done very infrequently this entire summer. But uh, you can really, really detect that dryness now. Are, are we, we're running at a deficit now? Or are we still ahead for the year, at least in the Twin Cities, in terms of uh, precipitation?
1: Well, I mean, the the deficit is certainly kind of straightening things out. And if you look around the state, it kind of depends on really where you are. So, yeah, technically, the Twin Cities area is a little bit above normal. Kind of now, though, within the and that's for the year kind of within the margin of reasonability. I would not call this a wet year at this point for the Twin Cities. We've had about 25 inches of precipitation and normal would be through September 20th. Normal would be 24 inches or so. So that's not a huge margin, but we're behind for September. You know, normally we'd have over two inches of precipitation in the Twin Cities and we've got just two thirds of an inch. So we're way down. We're you know, 1.33 inches or so, 1.4 inches down already this month. So it's been a dry month and that's sort of put a dent in the lead that we had in terms of a precipitation surplus. But it's not just us. I mean, it has been dry kind of everywhere in the state. There aren't any really big, wet September rainfall systems to speak of. um, We haven't had anywhere. The thunderstorm activity really kind of calmed down after about the first several days of the month. And uh, it's been dry. I mean, we're on this run now. If you you look at, you know, we could go just about anywhere. We could go to St. Cloud. And there's really only been measurable precipitation, one, two, three, four, maybe four or five days this month, and we're 20 days in. That's pretty low. And the precipitation that we've gotten, again, hasn't been really very impressive. So it's, um, yeah, we're, we're behind. It's dry. It's not an urgent drought yet. And the reason, Jim, is because, well, there's not as much sunlight. It's not as hot. We're not evaporating um, the water that's in the system. We're not losing it through evaporation and evapotranspiration nearly as quickly. And so uh, you can withstand a September dry spell a little bit longer than one in July before you get into kind of urgent drought conditions. But yeah, it's you know, without rain, it's gonna keep seeming sort of dusty and a little bit, you know, the grass gets that kind of pokey, sharp feeling. I don't know if you notice that. Yes.
0: Well, we're recording this on Monday, the 21st of September. Of course, uh, this is the last day of summer. We did note, of course, that meteorological summer ended on the 31st of August. So we've been in uh, meteorological fall for the last couple of weeks, but we are now approaching the autumnal equinox that happens tomorrow. And uh, what exactly is the equinox, Kenny?
1: I mean, you know, you can sort of take the word apart. You know, you have equal equi day and night, essentially what's happening is you know the earth is tilted on its axis and the axis is uh what is it 23 and a half degrees of tilt and as we then make our orbital path around the sun the different sides of the earth are exposed to more and less of that sunlight depending on where you are in the path around the sun so we are you know, in that fall period where the sun's rays are right now going to be centered right on the equator, basically cutting the earth in north and south halves. As we continue rotating, or I'm sorry, as we continue our uh, path around the sun, we will uh, move over the next three months to less and less light because that sunlight is going to become focused more and more every day in the southern hemisphere and it will reach of course it will reach its maximum on the uh, winter solstice about three months from now when uh, that sunlight will be centered the strongest rays will be right over uh, the tropic of capricorn which is the same amount of degrees 23 and a half degrees south of the equator It's a, uh, you know, a little seasonal bliss that we have here. We get 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night on the uh, equinox. And then, then, Jim, you can just start counting the minutes because it's going to start tilting more night, less day, more night, less day. And, of course, this is why we have the uh, seasons shifting the way they do. The sunlight gets weaker. The days also get shorter. Those forces conspire to bring us winter.
0: Well, not my favorite time of the year, uh, winter, as you know, Kenny, and our listeners know. Uh, but uh, we do have what's going to be a fabulous week ahead, at least in terms of the kind of weather I like. Uh, <laughs> now, we're, we're talking about temperatures fairly substantially over the average for this time of the year in terms of highs, correct, for the coming week?
1: Yeah. So, another reason that we don't have extreme drought or more severe drought in Minnesota right now is because that dry period that we've had in September has been pretty cool. So we are behind not just in precipitation, but also in temperature. Most parts of Minnesota are between three and a half and five or five and a half degrees cooler than normal for September. So we've got some catching up to do. And you're right. We are uh, moving into this week is going to be real nice. So it's today's Monday, September 21st. I'd expect temperatures into the 70s through most of the state probably some 80s in southern and especially western minnesota i wouldn't be surprised if the twin cities saw 80 degrees maybe you know 60s up closer to the north shore but it's going to be a warm week we're going to do this again tuesday looks warm probably 80s in southern minnesota 70s elsewhere wednesday looks warm with 70s and 80s throughout the state you know, there's going to probably be a bit of a cool front coming through, maybe cool things down a little bit Wednesday and Thursday. We'll get right back into it Friday with uh, warm and possibly even hot weather with the potential for some 80s and even 90s in Western Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a good warm one. Our first chance for real precipitation, I mean, there's a kind of a squirt of precipitation that's possible in the middle of the week, but I think the better chance is over the weekend, uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, and then possibly again later on Sunday. None of this looks super likely. Um, There are hints of a a brief wet pattern emerging next week. But there's also signs from the models that the warm air surges back into the region. You know, you, you take a fall cold front because it's hard to have the weather change and have a cold front come through even in a really warm fall air mass and not have it be noticeable. And so, you know, temperatures probably falling into the forties, fifties and sixties uh, by the beginning of next week. But then there are at least hints that with a warm air comes surging back in and that we, you know, start off October on a pretty warm and dry note. We, that's a little, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves right now, but when we check in next week, you know, we might very well be looking at another surge of warm air just off, uh, just over the horizon. Well, while
0: our weather has been, uh, shall we say, rather non-eventful, that's not the case for (laughs) the Gulf Coast or portions of the southeastern United States. It's been a very active hurricane season. And Kenny, you were telling me there have been 23 named storms so far. So we've blown through the alphabet. uh, And now we're into
1: the Greek alphabet uh, at, at storm named Beta, correct? Yeah, you're right. Tropical Storm Beta is in the Gulf of Mexico. And if it seems like the Gulf of Mexico has been unusually active, it has. I mean, it's hard to keep all of the different storms that have affected Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, the Florida Panhandle, and Alabama. I mean, there have been a lot of activity. And uh, Tropical Storm Beta, rather small. I mean, it's going to have a much smaller footprint than, say, you know, Sally did. But it will be... It will be affecting mostly the Texas area. You know, I I don't think winds are going to be a huge concern. It's pretty close to land as we are recording this. But rainfall with tropical weather systems is always a concern, and they're going to get, you know, a few to several inches in in some areas. It's not going to be the signature tropical weather event of the season. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. But, yeah, it has been very active. And, you know, folks are wondering, wait, how can there be 23 named storms but we're already through the alphabet when there's 26 letters. (laughs) The answer is just that the hurricane center has not designated a name for every year and every letter. And so uh, certain letters are skipped because of the infrequency uh, and just the difficulty in finding names that begin with those letters. So you won't find Q's usually X, Y's and Z's are gone, even though we all know folks or maybe even may be folks who have names that begin with those letters, they're just not as common. And so they, they get skipped over. So no, we have not had, you know, 26 plus named storms just yet, but we are through the, the designated alphabetical names and now we're into (laughs) beta and it looks like there could be more. I mean, there was definitely a, I, I would call it sort of a super wave of, of high activity that was unusual. I mean, you know, the Atlantic ocean is very warm this year and the winds aloft, however, they have to be conducive to forming these tropical weather systems. And then you also need, you need these waves. So if you ever hear, you know, on your favorite weather broadcast or maybe even a cable uh, weather specific channel, if you hear somebody saying, well, this tropical wave, that is, you know becoming a disturbance and the disturbance is becoming a tropical depression which will become a tropical cyclone and or a tropical storm and then a hurricane these all start basically as waves that begin as thunderstorms that form over the rainforests of africa it's the same mechanism that produces thunderstorms over the amazonian rainforest it gets really warm it's already very humid there's tons of moisture in the ground and in the trees and basically around the peak of the day you get these areas of thunderstorms that form but they have this daily or diurnal cycle so you get you tend to get areas of storms that form in the afternoon in equatorial or near the equator just north of the equator in Africa and then they kind of move on and these areas of clouds and storms are being pushed gently to the west by the the winds that they're called the easterlies that form in the tropics in that intertropical convergence zone. And it's those remnant bands of thunderstorms and clouds that then get over the ocean and can pick up some additional heat energy stored in the ocean and turn into these tropical weather systems. So it's a really neat sort of life evolution that these storms go through but what we had at the first half of september was unreal the number of waves that were out in the ocean i mean we had five named storms basically at one time last week and there were other waves that were threatening to become named storms or had were just at the time becoming extra tropical meaning they had been named storms but had lost their tropical characteristics It's it's a unique combination of, you know, we have the potency of the ocean because it's very warm, but we also had this sort of swarm of tropical waves that put a high amount of potential candidates in play over the ocean. And then we had a pretty well-behaved atmosphere for letting these things mature into, you know, sometimes significant tropical weather systems. I'm not positive. I'm not a tropical weather expert. I'm not positive how many more waves sort of waves of waves we're gonna get like that but that was something else and that's what got us through a lot of those that's what got us through the the kind of bottom part of the alphabet there and uh, yeah we'll see that it's completely plausible that we'll have tropical weather systems into and even through October um, season really generally starts to wind down once you get into the second half of October but um, we've certainly had, Tropical systems persist beyond that point. So it'll be interesting to see what we have for the rest of the season.
0: And Kenny, on occasion, a tropical system can actually impact our part of the country, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, and not just from the Atlantic, but sometimes those Pacific weather systems will come in, you know, in Baja. They often come, you know, most frequently they form off the coast of Mexico and they just head west and don't affect us at all. But the ones that kind of get caught in a southerly flow pattern will then turn up towards Baja, you know, the little peninsula that juts out from the bottom of California. And then the moisture from those will surge into the southern U.S. And in certain configurations, we'll get then lifted up into our region, especially if the winds aloft are coming out of the southwest and dip all the way down to, say, you know, the Sonora Desert region. If they do that, then we have a pretty clear path to getting tropical moisture. But more frequently, these systems come into um, from the Atlantic into the Gulf of Mexico. And it's the ones that are really kind of chugging northward that have the best chance of either hitting us with their moisture or even affecting us directly, as we saw with Tropical Storm Cristobal back in June this year, where, where southeastern Minnesota actually got hit by the rain shield from the tropical weather system.
0: Well, none of that coming our way, at least uh, for now, but uh, we could use the rain. So I guess if there are any remnants of tropical storms that would bring precipitation, that's something that could be potentially welcome in this area.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could. I mean, it could be, you know, the other side of that coin, Jim, is that when these systems <laughs> do give us a boost of moisture, it's often... Uh, a very large drink of water and someone gets, you know, absolutely smothered with too much precipitation. So in other words, not an
0: ideal watering. No, it's, it uh,
1: it could be excessive. Well, usually what happens is for, for most people, it is an ideal watering. You get one, two, maybe three inches of precipitation and everyone, you know, that would, that would be pretty good right now. But then you also get this stripe where we got, you know, eight inches (laughs) <laughs> that nobody ever wants that. And that that's sort of what happened in the um, mega rainfall event of August 2007. We had remnant tropical moisture from, from Aaron, uh, a sort of defunct tropical storm, but that moisture came up into our region and then seeded a band of thunderstorms. Now in the Twin Cities area, we got one to two inches of rain and it had been a pretty dry summer. I mean, August was definitely turning it around, but uh, we got a good watering here, but they got overwatered in Southeast Minnesota where there were there was severe flooding, record rainfall, statewide, all-time record rainfall. There were fatalities, there were roads that were completely washed out and destroyed, there were landslides. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's extreme, but that's one of the issues when you do get, when you do get those um, tropical systems. But it'll be interesting, we don't know, Jim, um, if there are one, two, five, or nine, or 19 additional tropical storms to form yet this fall, but anything that comes into the Gulf of Mexico, especially if we're in kind of a groggy, slow-moving weather pattern, those would be the candidates, especially the farther west in the Gulf of Mexico the moisture goes, the, uh, the better the chances that it could get drawn up into a weather system up here. I mean, it's, it's not all that common, but it does happen. So Kenny, what does the week ahead look like for us? Ooh, well, this is this is the uh this is the Jim Dubois special. <laughs> it is a uh it's going to be summer like. I mean, it without there won't be much humidity, but you will definitely feel the warmth. And the only thing keeping it at bay is that we still have a veneer of haze that's filtering some of the sunlight out because of the smoke and the fires out west and there's still some pretty large Forest fires raging in the Pacific Northwest region, and that's actually affecting our weather downstream here. But even with smoke, temperatures in the 70s and 80s in southern Minnesota, maybe some 90s in southwestern Minnesota, and I mean multiple times this week. And in northern and northeastern Minnesota, I would expect temperatures in the, well, probably in the 70s in the northwest part of the state in the 60s and 70s in the northeast part of the state it's always a little cooler near lake superior but it's going to be quite a week no really important changes until we get into the weekend when we could see some rain and when temperatures will drop a bit for for a few days but by and large this is going to be a warm generally fair weather week uh we'll dry out some more great time to be outside um you know, you probably need to bring extra water because uh, the air is pretty dry and you'll kind of notice that. But uh, yeah, great week and then maybe some rain over the weekend.
0: Well, enjoy this wonderful start to fall. We'll circle back with you, Kenny, next week. Have a great week. Thank you. You also, Jim, we'll talk to you next time. This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois, Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll talk to you next time.